Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, quipster.net. I invite you to check out the new look for Quipster and let me know what you think if you do happen to go to the website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to remind everybody that I do another podcast that's covering films of the 1980s. I'm currently in the middle of the Superman films from the 1980s, and I do encourage you to check that out anytime. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies. You can do a search for it wherever you're listening to this right now, or you can go to atwmovies.com and find out more about that. Today, we're going to be looking at a film called The First Purge, the first purge being the prequel to the other three films in the Purge series. As far as that series go, I was definitely not a fan of the very first Purge, or I guess I should say the original Purge, but I was a fan of the second and third films in the series, The Purge Anarchy and The Purge Election Day. You know, modest fans. I'm not saying that they're great movies by any stretch, but they were definitely better than I was expecting. This one is a prequel, as I mentioned, and it is the first film that's not directed by James DeMonico in this series. It's directed by Gerard McMurray, although James DeMonico still retains a screenplay credit. The cast, Elon Knoll, Lex Scott Davis, Joy Von Wade, Mugga, Patch Dara, and Marissa Tomei, along with Rotimi Paul and Luna Lauren Velas. It's an R-rated film because of strong, disturbing violence throughout, pervasive language, some sexuality, and drug use. The runtime is an hour and 38 minutes. As far as what The First Purge is about, it is, like I said, a prequel. It describes the genesis of this project in which U.S. citizens are allowed to commit any crime within a 12-year period without fear of legal repercussions every year. It starts off as a sociological experiment led by the NRA-funded current fascistic political regime referring to themselves as the NFFA, which stands for the New Founding Fathers of America. It's marketed as a way to substantially reduce the crime rate throughout the rest of the year. Although behind the scenes of this, it's meant as a way to exterminate the burden of people who are below the poverty line, who are seen by the NFFA as a weight that keeps American society from being truly great. You know, an interesting wrinkle in the story is this NFFA assumption that people in lower class neighborhoods sit here on New York's borough of Staten Island. They're mostly criminals who don't commit crimes, at least not openly, because they want to avoid legal entanglements, despite money that's being given to those who participate in this experiment. As the purge begins, there are very few of the expected crimes that are being committed, and that causes the powers that be to go into some sort of panic mode and contemplate having to kickstart the action into a chain reaction to make sure that their experiment produces the desired results in order for them to take things nationwide. Now, much of the action surrounds a handful of interconnected characters that we come to know, and in some instances, we root them on. Naya is a leading anti-experiment activist, although it isn't officially called The Purge yet in this prequel. It's just called The Experiment. And she's trying to urge the other residents within Staten Island to fight the power that seeks to make what's about to happen in their neighborhood the norm across the country, although she feels she has to remain in order to try to protect as many of the locals as possible by ushering them into a sanctuary of a revered local church in the community for the remainder of the evening. Naya had once been in a relationship with another guy named Dimitri. He's this big-time drug dealer in the community who also sees that the purge is not something that he or his partners in the business need to engage in, despite being on the wrong side of the law every other day of the year. He orders his peeps to stay home and ride it out to avoid skirmishes with rival gangs that are trying to snuff them out during this period. Naya's younger brother Isaiah, meanwhile, he's 
out to get Skeletor, who is this scarred up, cracked out psychopath who scratches Isaiah violently. And Isaiah wants to get revenge on him. But Skeletor is very much looking forward to the night's bloodbath of festivities. So he's not going to be easy to take down. In fact, he's probably going to take down a lot of people with him. As far as the film goes, the first Purge is well shot, especially given that much of the action takes place in some not very bright parts of a city at night, sometimes without lighting at all. There are moments when the lights go out. Series creator and screenwriter James DeMonico, he's handing off here the directorial chores to Gerard McMurray, perhaps for more authenticity to have this voice for this cast of predominantly african-american actors characters in fact you know any white characters that are in this movie are relegated to being the heavies of the movie so some people may compare this to a black exploitation film such as you might find in the 70s although mcmurray compares this film to more of the films he grew up on in the 1990s new jack city boys in the hood and those sorts of films that he really cherished growing up. McMurray stated his approach in The First Purge is to deliver an ultimate message that black lives matter and pretty much work from there. Although the themes of The First Purge call out America for its thirst for violence. In fact, all of the other Purge films really do this. It's also not a film that really takes a very high road in that regard. The First Purge is perhaps the most gratuitous in its depictions of violence, as there has been in the series thus far, which is really built on violence, especially in some of the action that betrays its notions of realism in favor of more typical movie formula, fight choreography. Mercenaries consisting of a hodgepodge of types that are seemingly culled from heavily armed and mobilized fringe white supremacists, torch-wielding neo-Nazis, brutal law enforcement types, and Russian thugs. Those are probably a not-too-subtle suggestion of the current situation that brought a certain president to power. In this way, the jet-black satire goes headfirst into the notion that for all of our high-minded ideals, America is a land full of bloodthirsty people who actually hate each other based on class, based on race, sex, religion, and our adherence to or against gun culture. And while many science fiction films set their action in otherworldly environments in order to comment on our own, at least from a distance, The First Purge very much resembles this society going into it, sometimes in cannily, which does make our current prospects all the more scary when it taps into something in the more contemporary sphere of today's news. While The First Purge and The Purge films in general are not really close to being top-tier action films, if you want to really rate them on pure action film levels, they're often mislabeled also as horror films. They are not exactly horrific either. They are still quite entertaining and thoughtful as pieces of social commentary, though, which is where I'm going to be ultimately grading this film. Not that the film doesn't tap into some very deep-rooted fears, very real fears that are common among many Americans, especially for people of color. The marketing of this film took advantage of the Trump administration's darker notions by emblazoning the title The First Purge, in place of Make America Great Again on a red baseball cap, there's even a scene in which someone makes a very Trumpian move of trying to grab her by her womanhood. This also feeds into the notion that many feel of how government, and in particular well-to-do conservative religious fundamentalist white men, feel that their own quest for greatness is being inhibited by being tethered to having to support people of the lower economic classes, and in particular, overpopulated minorities who these people feel aren't far removed from being complete savages, something that the current administration has also been labeled as doing in its efforts to set up a us-versus-them wedge between societal ideology in this country. 
There are other themes of this series that continue on how the government of today tries to assert its positions, not by persuasion or by rhetoric, but through violence and pitting people against one another. And while the experiment would seem initially like a very far-fetched idea, given some abhorrent things that governments employ in order to try to make for a deterrent, we've seen deterrent be a word in the news recently for some pretty abhorrent moves by the government, and to manipulate a populace it's really not outside the realm of possibility that someone somewhere along the line is going to actually think that the purge is a good idea in order to solve a host of societal ills, at least ills as they qualify them anyway. In this way, the contrast in methods between the hoods who control the hood and the elite who control the government, as well as those who manipulate the narrative on television and on social media, it all reveals that they are much more similar in their execution of violence as a means to sort out their conflicts and grievances. Without the relevant commentary, perhaps The First Purge would be an average film at best, but the weight of the current headlines today certainly makes the film feel like a substantive and semi-important movie to ponder beyond just what happens during the course of narrative events. All of this, I think, makes The First Purge very heady and very relevant enough for a piece of entertainment Although many viewers may find the film unnerving, not for anything that happens within the film's 12-hour period in the narrative, but for the acts that are committed outside in the real world in which we all live, where those with power can commit all manner of crimes and immoral acts behind the scenes and not suffer any consequences, political, legal, or otherwise. So a lot to think about here. I actually put this up there with the other Purge sequels that I actually liked. And I'm going to give this film three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it. If you like The Purge Anarchy and you like The Purge Election Day, I think you'll probably want to continue on with The First Purge. It definitely gave me a lot to think about beyond just what the narrative is. Uh, if you weren't keen on those films at all, I don't think that you're going to get anything here that's going to turn you around on the series. Certainly, you know, like I said, I'm judging this as a film that has a certain momentum and weight because of that social commentary. If that is not something that persuades you in terms of your entertainment value with the film, I don't know that this is going to deliver for you the way that it did for me and the way that it does for so many people who have enjoyed the Purge series so far. So three stars out of four is what I'm giving the first Purge. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. Don't forget, quipster.net. If you want to write to me, you can find my contact information there. You can also find links to my Twitter feed on my Facebook page there anytime. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Until next time, I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. And certainly watching a film like The Purge is certainly less scary than watching what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis in this world. So maybe it's better to just watch it in the comfort of a movie theater. 